Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that has to interrupt the dishwasher cycle as part of its normal startup procedure. I think that's true this it's week, guys. <laughs> the Noobs and the Hoobian. My name is Austin, and I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the Noobs. And you know what it is. This is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week, and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. And welcome to a very special episode 41. I feel like every episode for the last six episodes, I've said a very <laughs> special episode. Yeah, very you special. This time we yeah, are covering wrong. series one, episodes one through four. That's right. I said series one, not 2005. Series one, one. Like the original series one. one. Episodes one through four, uh, broadly titled An Unearthly Child. This is the one where the doctor doesn't really show up until halfway through the first episode. Actually, it's more like the end, but... Yeah, pretty pretty much. (laughs) Ian and Barbara are school teachers and discuss the odd nature of Susan Foreman, one of their brightest students. She knows more science than either of them, but doesn't seem to understand basics like money. They discover that she seems to live in a junkyard. They decide to stalk her, uh, I mean, uh, make sure that she's safe at home. In doing so, they bump into a strange man and a police box. This guy is obviously holding Susan hostage, so they break into the police box and it's bigger on the inside. (gasps) It turns out the creeper is actually Susan's grandfather, and he's as nuts as she is. Or is he? Susan and her grandfather decide to show them that they are, in fact, from another world. They use their spacecraft, called a Time and Relative Dimension in Space, or TARDIS, to travel into the ancient past of Earth. They fall into the middle of a tribal dispute among cavemen in need of fire. They get captured, then escape, then they get captured, then they teach the cavemen to make fire, then escape again, and finally they get back into the TARDIS. But their unnecessarily hasty escape results in them not landing where they intended. They could be anywhere, and the radiation gauge is blinking. The end of the beginning. Guys, Ah. this is... Story number one. The very first. The first. The the number one. The first time ever. Originally aired, uh, uh, this was a, a four-parter, so it aired the weeks of uh, November 23rd through December 14th, 1963. So old. So old. A whopping, uh, what is that, 58 years ago? Uh, originally, um, and, and I apologize, these numbers are just for... The first episode, An Unearthly Child, originally aired to 4.4 million viewers and then 6 million viewers when it was aired again the next day. I will talk about that in just a minute. Okay. Uh, this was written by Anthony Coburn, directed by, uh, I'm, I hope I'm going to say this right, Waris Hussein, Waris, W-A-R-I-S. Can you see that name? It's so tiny. <laughs> Uh, Where is Hussein? Uh, directed this very first episode. I believe he did all four of these first four episodes, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, the cast. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the cast this week, guys. Um, introducing the Doctor. Doctor Foreman. Doctor who? Doctor... Why are y'all staring at me? Are we supposed to be saying <laughs> I something? I don't know. Y'all are just kind of staring at me. <laughs> we, we all sound so bored right now. It's... Trip hasn't even talked all episode. No, I haven't. <laughs> he I said, uh, the, when we're the noobs, he, yeah. he did that bit. So. He, he right. did our scripted part. That's, that's right. Uh, so this is, uh, this is of course, the original Doctor. Uh, this is uh, not known as the first Doctor. He was just the Doctor at the time. Uh, played by an actor named William Hartnell. Um, Hartnell was primarily, uh, believe it or not, he was a comic actor. He was like a, a he did comedies and stuff. Did y'all, weird. did y'all get that at all from... No. <laughs> he was so serious yeah. and just... 
like a jerk. Yeah, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves because we'll spend some time talking about that later. Um, he was in various movies and shows uh, prior to 1963 when he when he uh, began his time as the Doctor, and he actually wasn't really sure he really wanted to do this originally. He kind of got talked into it by Charity Lambert and Waris Hussein. Waris um, was the guy that we said was the first director. Charity Lambert, if that name rings a bell, she was the first producer of the show. She she was she started Doctor Who. Like this was kind of her baby. Um, she and Hussein together really got this thing going. And we talked about it a few episodes ago, uh, which now seems like five years ago, uh, where the Doctor when remember when the Doctor was. It was human nature, and he was posing as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought yeah. he was human, yeah. and he was talking about his parents, and he listed his mother as Charity. Yeah, that's yeah. Who, that's this was a, a nod to her. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so they talked William Hartnell into taking the role, and then eventually he grew to just love the role. Um, mm-hmm. Various reports about the nature of his leaving the role, but he himself is quoted as saying he didn't leave willingly you know like he it wasn't like oh i can't wait to get out of this show you know he he loved he loved the doctor mm-hmm. um he was 55 he when looks he, older than 55 right now huh? in the episode in the that we, episode. he looks like he's 70 something he does the whole he really does yeah. he he was 55 in that episode that we watched and an unearthly child he was 55 when he took you know when he started the role which mm-hmm. made him uh, and I didn't realize this. This made him the oldest actor to play the part of the Doctor until 2013. So he was the oldest Doctor through the first uh, 11 Doctors. It wasn't until John Hurt played the War Doctor for the 50th anniversary yeah. episodes uh, in in 2013. Uh, and, and John Hurt was 73 what? when he played the what? War Doctor. You yeah. mean to tell me that the guy that played the War Doctor was 73? Mm-hmm. The War Doctor looks like he's 40 in the comics and stuff. Oh, and in then, the comics, really? Yeah, and then the first Doctor looks like he's in his 70s, and he's only <laughs> 55. Yeah. Time um, travel. I, I read a, an interesting little note. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll come back. Remind me about the age thing when I get down to um, William Russell. Right. I don't remember. I don't think I wrote it down. But um, oddly enough, William Hartnell is uh, the first of three actors to play the fourth doctor, uh, the fourth, the first doctor. Um, obviously, he played the first doctor in the original run. Uh, but then years later, in 1983, uh, they, they did a 30th, 30th, 20th. 20th, um, 20th anniversary special episode entitled <coughs> The Five Doctors. And yeah. the first doctor, the first five doctors, obviously, were in that uh, episode. But he was played by Richard Herndall um, because, as we're going to get to in just a moment, um, William Hartnell actually passed away in 1975. So by the time you get to 1983, he's no longer around. They have another actor uh, play the first doctor. Interesting. So then why do we? Why does he put the uh, first doctor in there if he wasn't? You know. Uh, I don't know. Just to include him. They just yeah. They like just a throwback thing. Like the the interesting thing is in that episode they used a clip of Hartnell in that episode, like at the at the beginning of the episode or something. Um, so he actually is credited on screen. He and Richard Herndall 
are both credited <laughs> as playing the first doctor in that episode. So he got a credit. He got a credit after he died. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. And then there's also um, Dude, David. That's Bradley. like a Stan Lee. What's that? Stan Lee. He's gonna have like five more oh, credits. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple more cameos. So David Bradley, uh, more recently, played uh, the first Doctor in the episode The Doctor Falls, and then in the Christmas special called Twice Upon a Time, which was with mm-hmm. um, the Twelfth Doctor. And so there's another multi-doctor episode, you know. There. There's a lot of those, actually. Uh, there's a lot more than I realized. There's, there's <laughs> way more than I realized. So and then if you get into the um, non-TV stuff, the audio dramas, the comics, they're just bumping into each other left and right. It's amazing. <laughs> there is um, one comic I was reading that had... It was all the new doctors, so it was 9 to 11. Okay. Or, no, 9 to 12, I mean... Right. Then there was the fifth doctor in there randomly. Oh, and I'm pretty have. sure there were some other ones as well. I, as I was researching this, I came across, uh, I, you know what, I, I don't remember if it was an audio drama or a comic, but the title of it was The Eight Doctors. <laughs> My gosh. Because there was, there, I, I mentioned 1983, The Five Doctors. Mm-hmm. Long before that, there was an episode called The Three Doctors, which was the first three. Yeah. So William Hartnell actually did come back to play... The first Doctor, uh, I want to say it was 1973. I, I didn't write that one down, but he did. He did reprise the role. So that's as like the two first years doctor. before he died, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And apparently, wow. it was very, very difficult. Um, he wasn't really there. They they shot some stuff of him like on a soundstage, just by himself, uh-huh. kind of thing, and like added it in. Like he was he was not doing too well mm-hmm. um, by that that point in his life. I can imagine. So. Um, David Bradley, the guy that we just mentioned who who played the first Doctor most recently, he, the way he ended up playing the first Doctor in those two episodes is that he played William Hartnell in a docudrama called An Adventure in Space and Time, which we'll have to do a special episode when we get there. Um, that is, uh, it's a movie that they made, or I think it was for the 50th anniversary, that was a, like a a, a docudrama, so a documentary style movie, like mm-hmm. based on a true story type of thing. Oh. It was about the starting of Doctor Who. It was the fiftieth anniversary. Uh huh. Maybe we could do that for our fiftieth episode. Watch oh, that'd be that interesting. And review it. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, that might not be bad. That might work. So, but the the way it worked is this guy David Bradley played William Hartnell playing the first Doctor, and so then later on they brought him on to play the first Doctor um, actually on the show. And if I remember correctly, David Bradley, just as a side note, um, he th- we've, got a, uh, we've got a Potter connection here. He played, oh, what's the creepy janitor type guy at Hogwarts? Oh, oh with the uh, cat? Filch. 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 Professor Filch. He played Filch. Uh, he, or, yeah, he really? is. He's Filch. Yeah, that wow. guy. Yeah, imagine that face. <laughs> On the doctor. Some slightly different makeup. He was the first doctor. Wow, okay. Hmm. um, And then, as we mentioned, um, he did uh, die January, I'm sorry, April 23rd, 1975. Um, He was born, let me see, he was born, I think it was 1902. So, yeah. That's almost 73. That's Uh, Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we got to remember in 1963 when he took this role, he was 55. So, yeah. uh, so do the math there. Maybe it was 1908. I don't know. Uh, so he, he had been around for quite a long time. Uh, Susan Foreman, uh, the doctor's granddaughter slash 
original companion. Uh, it's played by Carol Ann Ford. Um, she was <laughs> so. Uh, oh man, I should have said this. I should have asked y'all this before y'all read the notes. But Susan Foreman, if you haven't already, did you already see how old she's supposed to be? Okay. How old trip do you think Susan Foreman is? Like, like nine. Nine, nine or what? ten? You think she's like younger than what? you in the show? Ten or eleven, maybe. Oh wow. Okay. She's supposed to be playing fifteen. She's supposed to be a high no. schooler. The actress Carolyn Ford was actually twenty-three years old. So That's she was playing so ridiculous. way young. She looks I've, like I've heard my of, age. I've heard of people that play <laughs> like actors that play kids. Yeah. In, just for various reasons. Right. That, so she was 23. That is ridiculous. She was 23. She was playing a 15-year-old. So Eight-year difference or something? There? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. That, she looked like 12 or 13. I didn't think she looked that young, but no. she acted that young. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The way she <laughs> Let's get to that later. Yeah. Um, she returned in 1983 uh, to play Susan Foreman again in the episode The Five Doctors. And then in 1993, for the 30th anniversary, she did a charity special called Dimensions in Time, where she reprised the role of Susan Foreman. Uh, she is still alive. She's still around with us. She is still doing audio dramas in the Hooniverse, uh, both as Susan Foreman and some other random characters. Here How old is she? Uh, um, <laughs> she was 23. So in back 1963, then. she was 23, which means she was born in 1940, which would make her. Very old. <laughs> 79. <laughs> yeah, and she's 79. still doing audio 79, dramas. 79, yep. Yeah, still doing audio dramas as Susan Foreman. So she's still voicing a 15 year old. <laughs> I, uh, I only can hope that Susan Foreman has grown, grown up. up a bit. You would hope so, yeah. Uh, Barbara is played by Jacqueline Hill. She had um, the distinction of being the first regular character to appear on screen in Doctor Who. So really? obviously we see we see well yeah she's the first Doctor Who character to appear on screen. Oh, so you have, oh I was you gonna have say like, like Susan Foreman is gonna be the companion like until the always. first Doctor dies. So what do you mean the first regular companion? Uh, well, the first regular character. Um, so out of out of the four regular characters in the show at the start there. She's the, the, she's the first one on screen. You know, you yeah. have some extras oh, walk by and talking in the hallway and stuff, but she's the first character to appear on screen. And is she going to show up more later? Um, I mean, at least next oh, yes. episode, Bar- yeah. Barbara, Barbara and Ian are the original companions. They they stick around, and actually, that's, that's my next note there. They both stick around for the first two seasons. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep. <laughs> um, Barbara, uh, or excuse me, Jacqueline, um, never reprised the role she never came back as barbara um i don't think that we ever saw barbara again um and i was i was doing a little bit of reading and i found myself falling down a rabbit hole um all i know is that barbara and ian uh left at the same time they their final episode was together and um they were fighting some Daleks and Daleks again. They were they were escaping and they got a hold of a Dalek time machine and the doctor didn't want them to use it, but they knew the risks and so they decided to use it. And, and yeah, so at any rate, they <laughs> rode a Dalek time machine back to 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 go home. I don't know why the doctor didn't just take them home, but they whatever. I'm prepared that like you know. Next year or something, they're gonna come back and be like, "Hey, we still have the time machine. You remember <laughs> no, us?" No, 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 they 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 tied it all up. What happened was they they aimed 
to go back to when and where they left, but instead they landed at the right place, but two years later, which in is how in long they were out time, traveling. It was two years, yeah. And so, so they, they've been gone for two years. Yeah, they've just been gone for it's two like years. Like Rose, we've been gone for um, a full year. The doctor left them with some money, apparently, and they set the uh, Dalek time machine to self destruct, and that's the end of Barbara and Ian. They they made it home safely they enjoyed their time with the doctor but they got home so they were just missing two teachers for like two years <laughs> apparently yeah apparently just two uh, science teachers oh uh, there goes oh, another two <laughs> so uh jacqueline hill um unfortunately passed um february 18th 1993 and today the day that we're recording is actually february 17th um so tomorrow uh will be what is that 16 years no more than that 26 years uh since her passing uh, Ian. There's a uh, lot of math involved with this episode. I know, math heavy episode. Uh, Ian was played by William Russell. Um, he did a bunch of stuff. He was all over TV and movies um, in the in the UK. Uh, did a bunch of different stuff. Had a, a a big role in a TV show before the Doctor, uh, before Doctor Who, um, in the late fifties, I believe. Um, he was supposed to return and play the part of Ian again in a 1983 episode. Not even one of the special anniversary episodes, just a, a, an episode in 1983. Um, but kind of at the last minute, some scheduling conflicts arose, and so he wasn't able to make it. What does it mean? Just, oh, no, he can't make it. We've got to write him out of the episode? Yeah, they, they instead of bringing back Ian, they brought back a different uh, companion. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is kind of short notice, but uh, we we need you for your old companion part. Can you come yeah. back? <laughs> yeah, uh, and that kind of thing happens just all the time. Um, yeah. People got too many acting jobs at one time. Yeah, or or just like we have to film this episode during this two week slot, and they're off doing a movie or they're doing another show, and they can't do it. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that with Back to the Future, where you know they shot a bunch of the movie with a different Marty McFly uh, because they, they wanted Michael J. Fox. They couldn't get him because he was doing a show called Family Ties and they couldn't get him. And um, what was that wolf one at the same time, right? Uh, I don't remember if that was... Uh, I don't remember which one came first. Um, I think we were watching that and you found out while we were watching it that he was doing both at the same time. No, no, he did, he did the show Family Ties and Back to the Future at the same time. I don't think you get team at the same yeah. time. It was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, stuff like that happens where uh, you know they go, okay, well, I guess instead of it being Ian, we'll bring back somebody else. So, um, interesting side note: he was a member of the Kryptonian Council in 1978 uh, version of Superman. Not a movie so, we've watched. Not a movie we've watched. Add it to the list. Put it on the list. Uh, and uh, William Russell also still around, still with us. Oh. Um, Interesting note about the age of people who've played the Doctor. William Russell has played the Doctor. Wait, really? He did the voice of the first Doctor in some of the audio dramas. Oh. And, uh, Apparently, like, the first Doctor is the most played. Like, I would imagine so. I mean, it'd be an honor to play it, but then it's not really something special because, like, four <laughs> other people well, have done it. William Russell... Um, was the oldest person to play the doctor in any medium. So how old was John he? Hurt was 73 and was the as far as I know the is still actor. the oldest person to play the doctor 
on screen, mm-hmm. but um, William Russell was 88 oh my when gosh. he voiced the first Doctor in oh some, some audience. Gosh, that's yeah. old. All right, so miscellaneous trivia. Um, <laughs> there was there was a thousand different things that we could have gone into. Um, I just grabbed a couple of just random bits of of goofier trivia um, because older television is bananas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is. If you, if you look at the way mo- movies and TV shows used to get made uh, and compare it to today. It's just nuts. So, for example, the the bones that were in the Cave of Skulls episode, well, in, I'm sorry, not in that episode, in the actual Cave of Skulls, were real bones uh, taken from from an abattoir. I had, to, I had to look that up. It's essentially like a slaughterhouse or something. Um, were they human bones? I hope not. Um, I'm, I mean, there was definitely like human skulls. In I'm there. assuming that it was fake skulls and then just like animal bones, you know. And it said, <laughs> then it said, they were very unpleasant to smell under the hot studio light. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So not only were they oh like real bones. They were like melting and like, yeah. Well, they weren't oh. even like dried out sterile bones. They were like probably kind of fresh. <laughs> they smell bad under light. Yeah. Uh, there was a, there was a bit that I actually missed because I was um, I was looking at at the notes and 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 writing something yeah. down. So I missed a connection. Remember later on uh, well, later on. Remember when Za or Cal, which are, which one was the bad guy? Cal. I don't remember. Anyways, when Cal. he they said, looked the same said, too, so it's I so know. hard to tell. When he said fire came out of his fingers, yeah, I was I like, "What?" I was like, I "Oh forgot. yeah, the pipe." Yeah, yeah he matching a, a pipe. He lit a pipe. The with sm- it, or he lit it a was match. Like when he said the fire is inside of him and smoke comes from his mouth, I'm like, <laughs> he's talking about the. <laughs> I know, it, it, like I was cigarettes. like, did he smoke a pipe? Like I completely didn't see that part because I was looking down. I was writing something down, and um, so I think it was what the girl said, like the time manipulator thing or whatever. The what now? The time in relative dimension and space. Because that had, like, just happened. Oh, it was right after that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, at any rate, he, he likes this pipe, and apparently he loses the pipe and his matches, I think, when he gets into the fight with Cal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. apparently he never, you never see them again. <laughs> like he never smokes a pipe. Like ever he lost again. them on the planet. Yeah, it's like you that's, lost that's them. It's like the like, sonic screwdriver. It's like <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> gone. Well, right, it right. got Let's not make one for another four dollars. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so okay, all right. Here's another. Um, you know, television production in the '60s was crazy. Um, is that uh, they when they brought in the uh, tropical plants to to create the the forest on. 100,000 B.C. or what was it 10,000 B.C.? 100,000 B.C.? Whatever year. When were cavemen around? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, it was cavemen times. The tropical plants that they brought in, when they brought the plants in, a lizard made its way in with the plants. I guess it was like hiding in a bush or something. And so this lizard comes out onto set. Carol Ann Ford, Susan Foreman, um, finds the lizard, thinks, oh, this is cute, took the lizard home as a pet. What? (laughs) Took the lizard home as a pet. This is Kept the it. random trivia I want from New Who. Like, <laughs> right. I'd but love to hear so all weird. these weird stories behind set. 
Uh, it's like, and I'm sure some of those are there, but I mean, stuff like that where it's like, okay, random lizard rode in on on the uh, prop plants yeah. onto set. I mean, nowadays they probably wouldn't even be real plants; they'd probably just be fake plants or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, like, huh? there's no way they had to buy that a lot of trees for that because, like, I swear they ran through the same bit of that jungle. Like, like, oh, ten yeah. that, like, <laughs> like ten times. It's so many times. And then when she fell, uh, the like slow mo pan oh, right. down, uh, <laughs> and then the, the hog head sitting on the stump. Oh my gosh, man! And she and like screamed as though someone was like, and then started crying. And I'm like, yeah. This was the, the point poor. where I'm like, okay, was, now they're just making her whine for the sake of having a whiny this, little This king. was 60s television. Um, and there's actually, you know what, what's funny is... Over-dramatic? The, the episode, um, well, not only over overly dramatic, but playing up the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the hysterical nature of women. And by hysterical, not funny hysterical. Hysterical as in... Losing control, <laughs> yeah, like being hysterical and and just like screaming about every little thing. Um, that was very typical of '60s movies and TV, both in the UK and America, apparently. And um, there's there's some in, in the episode "Twice Upon a Time" where the first Doctor and the twelfth Doctor are hanging out. <laughs> there's some stuff that the first Doctor does that makes the twelfth Doctor just cringe. <laughs> like you 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 can't. You can't say that. You no. You can't do that. That's not okay. <laughs> it's not and allowed. It, yeah, it's so funny because um, you know there's so many times in New Who where the Doctor is just so you know advanced and you know you need to open your mind to the way things really are and you mm-hmm. need to leave behind all these primitive ways of thinking and, and then you have to remember that because this show is 50 years old, there were times when the doctor himself was saying some of those kinds of things. And so they really, they, they really played into that bit um, during the episode. You know, like you have his current companion uh, talking to both of them. And seriously, the first doctor will say something. Seriously, have you never heard of that term or something? What's that? Like, seriously, have you never heard of that term or uh, whatever? Yeah. Well, no, no, it's, it's really bad where it's, you know, it's like uh, he'll, he'll say something about... Uh, I, I, you're humans. You don't know about five dimensions. Uh, you're stupid. Right. Yeah, there's that. But then he's like, "Oh, you know, you, you you're you're not feeling well. Let me get you a, some brandy to make you feel better." You know, like what? You know, like take a shot of brandy. Oh, or or uh, he he makes a comment to the twelfth Doctor's companion. Her it's a it's a female companion, but her name is Bill. And um, wow. I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. Oh, strange. But at any rate. Um, the first doctor says something about, like, he kind of brushes her off, like, why don't you... It'd be like saying, why don't you go make us some sandwiches, woman? Like, like go to the kitchen where you belong and make oh us some sandwiches. And the twelfth doctor is like, you can't do that! You can't say these things! So, yeah, there's a lot of that. Can I just point out how dumb it is that the fifth dimension is space? This is off topic, but I thought that was so... They did say that, didn't they? Yeah, it's like, but they need five dimensions. What's the fifth one? Space. That makes no sense. I thought that I thought thought we were talking about spatial dimensions Um, right here, and suddenly we're like, space. Space is a dimension. That's what makes it so hard to understand. (laughs) I, I guess it's referring to, like, the TARDIS being bigger on the inside or something. 
but I, I don't know. It, yeah, it was just a way to get around to our next point here: the fact that Susan claims to have made up the term TARDIS from the initials "time" claims. and "relative dimension in space." Um, and I, I have wondered about this for a long time because it doesn't seem to sync up with other stuff that we see in 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 New Who, where you have Gallifreyan culture being millions of years old and the Time Lords being millions of years old, if not hundreds of thousands of years old, as a society, as a civilization. And it's like, really? They just didn't have a name for that thing? (laughs) Wait, that that hasn't existed? Yeah, Susan um, comes along. Like you have it's a tortoise, duh. I mean, this is the obvious anagram here that actually spells a word. Like right. you go flying around in these things and you don't even name them. Right. I know. And and so you. Or is it just like aren't they living things? So wouldn't each one of them be called something different? Maybe well, that's no, just I mean, the doctor's term uh, for maybe. it. Well, no, 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 because the, the master has a TARDIS. Um, there, oh, yeah. there are other TARDISes that, that, that we have What's references to. What's the master's to TARDIS like. look like? Um, it was a, his, something. an ionic temple uh, uh, column, oh. I think. Yeah, ionic too? column. Yeah, which interestingly like. is referenced here in, a, in an oblique way. But uh, So apparently this is like an in-universe thing. It's, it's, a, it's a production level error that they have tried to solve in-universe and apparently there's not like a real good answer for it. So either Susan is making that up, like she's to pre- bragging. To impress them? Really? Yeah, yeah, that's all I can figure, but... I came up with that myself. She is 15 and incredibly whiny, so who knows? Right. Um, my other question was, uh, when we were talking about her age earlier, you know, she's a 23-year-old actress playing a 15-year-old, but she's playing a 15-year-old Time Lord? So, so, so is she 15? Or does she look 15 and she's really like a thousand years old? Uh, who knows? So, <laughs> She'd be whiny for a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, she really would. So maybe she actually is 15 because she sounds like you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, what do I do? Special effects. Um, Corbin added to our, our notes here under CGI. He said, um, uh, actually, this didn't exist yet. Uh, Actually. Thanks, thanks nerd. Um, no, there wasn't any uh, CGI, um, but what did you guys think of some of the other special effects? Like the like, like First of all, like the film recording the TV screen or whatever you said that was? Yes, the opening effect of the wibbly-wobbly, you know, on the screen. Timey-wimey. Uh, yeah, uh, just sort of like, what's happening with the screen. It was all warbly and what was happening and everything. And, and if I remember correctly... And I'm sure it was some TV producer found out, if I film my TV, this happens. Yeah. That's weird. Oh. It was something weird about you You pointed the camera at the screen that was projecting the image that the camera was recording, you know. Oh. Um, that's, yeah, that's Mind what I meant. Warping. That's what I meant there. Is that you, so, so it's you, like my uh, Wikipedia page thing I wanted to do. You just... You screenshot the Wikipedia page, oh, make right. a picture, and do that all the way down. Exactly, yeah. Um, so they they did some some groundbreaking type of stuff. You know, you did see the the TARDIS disappear uh, on yeah. screen and things <gasps> like that. So they did do some. Uh, some I like how the stuff. intro has changed almost zero since this episode all the way up to New Who. I mean, it's still almost the same song. Just slight yeah. variations. Yeah. 
Uh, when we get to 11, they did a major revamp. I mean, it's the same it's the same song, it's the same tune, but it's a major revamp. And then 12 got his own take on it. And then for 13, they went very retro. They went very old school on it. And Eight bit. <laughs> no. I mean, old school as in they went back to the original bit. version of the of the theme song as their as their inspiration. It, they didn't just mm. redo the original, but it's very much uh, in that style. Very much that similar. Kind of um, what there were other um, other special effects stuff going on. Hey, it was 1960s sci-fi, so let's cut them some slack. But how about yeah. that caveman makeup, huh? No, huh? it's pretty convincing. Like it looked. It's pretty convincing. Okay, all right. I, so, I mean. As it was makeup, I just I like, thought it was funny that their interpretation of caveman meant dirty face. Like, I know, like, and dirty face was interpreted as let's smudge some black stuff on their face, yeah, right, and make it look like you know dirt. I guess <laughs> they look like they came out of the chimney in Mary Poppins. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. That was exactly what they were. Except going they're through. wearing like fur skins the whole time. Yeah, and also it seems weird they like don't wear pants. I know, it seems impractical. They're always cold, and they have these giant things on their bodies, but then their legs are almost completely And they have, like, the V-neck type thing. Like, (laughs) dude, you can, like, sew that together right there, and it will be perfect. They didn't know about sewing, but they could have at least made it longer and stuff. Or, like, made sleeves. And I'm surprised no one... They literally said they have skins on their feet, but no one seems to take hint from that... Hmm, maybe that's keeping them warmer. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should do that. So there was a... Yeah, the, the, the makeup and the costuming and stuff was typical of its time. We already talked about... Oh, um, <laughs> one of y'all said while we were watching the show, and they showed the, the wide shot of, all right, here's the TARDIS on Earth 100,000 BC. And y'all, mm-hmm. one of y'all said, the sky looks so close. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's because it's a soundstage and that's the back wall. You know, like they tried their best to make it look like this vast landscape and it was probably, you know, like 30 feet deep yeah. on a soundstage. If they had painted <clears throat> up the wall a little bit so it looks like it kept going even farther, right, then right. that would have made it no more convincing. No whatsoever. There's just like rolling craggy rock hills and then blue wall <laughs> or, or whatever color the wall The sky. Yeah. And like the They're on the edge of the planet. It was like it's a, the Truman Show. It's just a wall. If the leaned backwards a little bit, it would just plop and, and bang against the sky. Where's the door? That's right. So, Whoa. all right. So um, let's let's hit let's hit the checklist. But there's not a lot here. Yeah. Um, the baddie of the week. We talked about the cavemen. The uh, baddie of the week. Cal, I guess would be Cal, Cal and. Za, because I mean, like they kind of both Cal were yeah. bad Zah. guys. I mean, like Cal was the bad guy to the cavemen. Like one of them, but Za was also the old like woman. What's that? One of them murdered the old woman. Cal, sure right? Which whose one? name was Cal, the old woman. Oh yeah, we were <laughs> talking about that. <laughs> this Corey is goes, just the old woman. <laughs> so, so named. Za has killed old women. <laughs> what? So named. This is a high-ranking position in this tribe. <laughs> That's right. Old woman. She's the oldest living woman there. She is a whopping thirty-seven years old. She did not look that old. Um, she just looked. But, 
craggy because she's craggy. Craggy. <laughs> I don't know. Craggy. There was a word we must never there have on fire. the tip of my tongue, and I I don't know. I like craggy. That was good. We must not have fire. Well, could you describe like this old, Could you describe this old woman in one word? I would have to say craggy. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, let's okay. see. We didn't obviously we didn't get any you know jibberty jabberty. Not a lot of jiggery pokery going on. Um, but we did have uh, a little bit of talk of the TARDIS. Because I mean they're introducing the show, so uh, yeah. I just realized yeah. they didn't even use the Sonic. That was not mentioned at all. Uh, it's they not even there. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't no Sonic exist. screwdriver yet. I think uh, mm. I'm trying to remember uh, when that. You've you've watched some of this. You should know. Does it show you up know, in the second episode? I'm thinking about it. I've I've watched about three or four of the serials, and I don't think I've seen the Sonic yet. So I don't know. That's I don't know amazing. when that comes. Maybe across, it just though. doesn't come up as often. So this is I I did I think I mentioned this last time that uh, that I sort of threw the idea to Jared about doing a deep dive on the Sonic, and mm-hmm. so maybe he'll maybe he'll. Um, He'll do that Explain for us. Explain that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as the TARDIS goes, we did have Ian, when they first see the TARDIS, and you know they, all, they just know it's a police box, but for yeah. some reason it's in the middle of a junkyard. Why is this here? Yeah, and hmm. Ian puts his hand on it, and he said it's vibrating it's like, like it's, it's alive. alive. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That from we're the like, hmm, we have the idea it is that, alive. That's right. It's grown, apparently. Uh, we already mentioned that Susan made up the name, supposedly, maybe-ish. Um we get a we get an interesting explanation about the bigger on the inside thing. She said that there are different dimensions inside than outside. So they have this they have all of this lead It's not up. bigger on the inside. It's just 6 foot on the outside and like uh, 20 foot on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, just, you know, that yeah, that it's different dimensions inside than outside. I thought it was interesting that the doctor again gave kind of a really bad pilot episode explanation, you know, backstory, Mm -hmm. that uh, you don't think you could fit a, 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 an entire building inside your living room, and yet you have a television. And when you have a television, you fit it. An even smaller thing than your living room. What's that? You fit it on even all, uh, an even smaller thing than your, uh, why can't I speak? I don't know. Then you're living. <laughs> but yeah, but he gave. So he basically said that it's like, it's like a television. Ian's like, so you're saying it's like a television? And the doctor says, no, it's not like a television, you moron. <laughs> like something like that. So I thought, what is this explanation that he's it's trying a to give? Television in space. <gasps> Just the idea that uh, in the same way that a television can put a large building inside of a small room through use of an image in not the, the actual way. building right yeah yeah in the same way the tardis are you saying oh. the tardis is not real is this all an yeah. illusion yeah and he and he, when he and then when they say oh it's an illusion he goes no it's not an illusion no, so your explanation not, you, you silly man so your um, explanation was flawed we did have uh, the doctor you know we we have the introduction of the idea of the chameleon circuit breaking because the doctor gets out of the police box no, Susan says it. Hmm? Susan says it. No, it was the doctor. Um, Susan said No, Susan, yeah, Susan, Susan introduced the idea of the chameleon circuit in general. Uh, you're right about that. She said that it has been an ionic column. It's been a sedan chair, so, uh, which I thought was hilarious. What's his name? The Masters probably was not an ionic column because 
that's where no I, I was. think it was though which which is what's kind of interesting <laughs> was it yeah I think I think I if I remember correctly that's what uh, I think Jared mentioned that to us yeah um, so, the only way we would know it's classic who stuff we that's don't, right we don't know that stuff but Susan introduces the idea that the TARDIS is supposed to blend in with its surroundings so it looks mm-hmm. like anything that would fit with the time and place but then when the doctor gets out he sees why is, why is it still a police box why didn't it change yeah. and then Susan gets out she says the same thing why didn't it change you know what's going on here and so we have introduce the idea that it's going to be stuck this way. And I don't think that they... I think he said why is it still a police box, but he didn't explain it, did he? No. Yeah. No. They, they, I, was, I was like, and here's where he says the chameleon circuit breaks. Right. Oh, no? He's just gonna go look for rocks or whatever? Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that finally gets explained. I know that if you guys remember, the Ninth Doctor said that in the very first episode with Rose. Because she asked, why does it look like a police box? And he says, well, it's the chameleon circuit is broken. So I, Did he say that? Yeah. Uh, pretty sure, yeah. I, don't I can't imagine that that's the first time we get that explanation. I can't imagine I don't imagine really that remember possible. most of um, the Ninth Doctor. <laughs> so, um, but that was, uh, I was talking to Jared about this on email, that to me, this is one of the, the best in-universe explanations for a production-level problem. In, yeah. in all of sci-fi. Um, it's right up there with... Just like ever. Right, yeah. Because it, it's right up there with Star Trek, which if you think about it, you know, just a few years after Doctor Who premieres, Star Trek is premiering. Mm-hmm. And they created the idea of teleporters because... They didn't want to have to land the ship every was, single episode. It was cheaper than... Going through the process of showing the ship landing. We could either do this giant model every week with a new planet showing the ship landing. Right. Or we could have some practical effects. Yeah, or we can literally stir some glitter around in a glass of water. That was the effect. Is it... So they stand behind it? No, no, no. They, so they, they took a, they, they would film a, a glass of water with glitter in it. They would stir it up with a spoon, pull the spoon out, and film that... Uh, you know that effect of the glitter swirling around, really? and then they superimpose that over the people. That's how that you, actually. I mean, it's convincing. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's, how many wow. did they only do it once, and it's just the same thing every time, or do they redo? I would imagine. It? I mean, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't need to do it over and over. Again. You just, just take do that it footage, once. superimpose Literally it. Do it you for need everyone. To. So, so here, here's the thing. Star Trek invented the concept of teleporters. To solve a production problem, to save budget, right? To save and money. now there have been episodes that only exist because teleporter malfunctions. Exactly, and the, and and it's such an iconic thing, right? You, yeah, you hear Star Trek, beam up Scotty, up. you know mm-hmm. that it, it goes hand in hand. And you think Doctor Who, you think the big blue box, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. police box, the TARDIS, and it's it is something that is an iconic um, pop culture image throughout throughout the world for the last almost six decades and it's because it was cheaper because by the way because the original idea was that the TARDIS would look different every week or well not every week but every time they they went somewhere mm-hmm. new the original idea was the TARDIS was going to have and it was going to cost way too much 
Yeah, that that idea got nixed right off the bat. They were like, "No way, we can't do that." We can't do that, right? And so, and uh, especially finding something that works where they can actually like step out of it into, into the real world. Yeah, like this idea of this, it being a sedan chair. It's like, I'm like, really? How did? Uh, where do you enter? Is it like chair? the suitcase in Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> what are what exactly? Are, exactly. You know, um, except no, that, you just crawl from it, under the chair. Oh, there you go. Uh, see, I was going to say the problem with your example there is that a suitcase actually has a part that opens like uh, a yeah, door. Yeah, right. You know, or like a chair. You, or you're just, just suddenly sitting work. in it. Yeah, and you hey. just sink into the cushions. <laughs> End up coming in sideways like in Portal or something. So, all right. So, um, yeah, the, we get a we got a really good introduction to the TARDIS. You know, got a, a pretty good first episode introduction, first couple of episodes introduction. Um, so let's look at a little bit at the uh, at the companions. We, first of all, we had uh, a great phrase that the Doctor says: "Fear it makes companions of us all." And I thought it was interesting that mm-hmm. he kind of he threw that out there as a as as a phrase, and we've mentioned before that calling the companions companions wasn't a thing. Um, yeah. That's a relatively new thing. And I'm starting to doubt that because it just doesn't seem to be holding up. How do you mean? Well, we've since reading that, we've found a couple of in, in, I can't Indications? Speak. Yeah, sure, let's go Incidents? with that. Yeah, I don't Instances. Know. Yes, Instant- that word. <laughs> Instances. <laughs> I can't speak all this. Okay. Where um, they'll say it in New Who, and it's like, well, they just called him a companion, so it's not like that's never been done. So no, no, no. That's what I'm saying is it wasn't until New Who that that became a that became a thing. Uh, I don't think. But he um, still says companions. Yeah. He said the word companion. You that's said not the word allowed. Companions. Uh, so at any rate, um, we, we have these these three companions. We have Susan, uh, his granddaughter, which, uh, holy cow, Jared, uh, help us out with that one. Uh, we, <clears throat> maybe maybe hit that one up, Jared, when we go back and do Daleks. Nope. Oh, crap. He's already got the Dalek segment. Oh, Dang man. it. Um, I want to know more about Susan being his granddaughter and, and all of the implications. of this. There's so many implications from that simple statement that don't jive with everything that I know about the doctor. So <laughs> like, I would love to know more so about her. So he had but we don't a have wife? A daughter, then the daughter also had a or kid. A, or a son. Either way, still. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying had, daughter because the doctor's daughter, and that's okay, all yeah. I really know. But yeah, no. So he has he had a child, um, and that child, the child had, had a child, a child, had a daughter, um, and 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 then I don't know. The wife is gone, and the other kids are gone. He's yeah, just stuck with the granddaughter. Um, are they even related, or is? This like his apprentice, and they go by grandfather and granddaughter for sake of security. Like, yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, it seems like, from what I know, it's his granddaughter. Like, it's legitimately his granddaughter. Um, there's actually there was even kind of a little nod to that in um, uh, in in this last season, uh, this latest season thirteen or 13, 10, 10, 11? Season eleven, Doctor the thirteenth Doctor, yeah. Whitaker. Whitaker made a comment about about having been a grandfather before, or something like that, or having had a granddaughter. I don't know, something. <laughs> I've like been that. a grandfather before. You're a girl. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Don't question me. <laughs> don't <laughs> right, question me. Um, so we have um, a little bit about Susan that um, uh, Corbin pointed out. She's a fast reader. Uh, what was that whole thing about there? Uh. So, she. What was it? The history teacher gave her a book because she wanted the book or something. And so he's like, yeah, take it. You can read it. And then 
by the time he gets back in the classroom, she's like, oh, you can have your book back, by the way. I'm done reading it. Oh, is that how fast it was? Yes. Oh, I missed it. And I'm like, whoa, that's some fast reading. (laughs) (laughs) Especially through a history book. I would like... And you said it reminded you of Nine flipping through mm -hmm, the book and... Just the magazine is like... I love books like that where you can just do that. Just like, shh. It's you cool mean, that you can just do you mean that. soft cover books. What are you? What now? Where you can just Paperback. take like. Oh, oh! I thought you meant where around. you can flip through it and read it that fast. Oh like, yeah. Which books are those? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. There's like a word every couple of pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same word for a couple of pages. He's describing a flip book. It's a comic. So. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about who is the doctor. Um, so just real, just off the top, off the top of your heads, guys. First Doctor, thumbs up, thumbs down. So far, honestly, I think it's a thumbs down. Yeah, he's just such like a a middle. All the all the First Doctor fans listening are are throwing their phones. I I think he's kind of a jerk. Unsubscribe. And of course, Susan is, as we've said far too many times now, just very very whiny. Whiny, yeah. Yeah. Kind of complaining. And again, I'm saying like the first. This was '60s. It was a different time, but. Right, yeah. Because, like, the episodes are good so far. I like the episodes. Yeah, no, the I mean episode, the doctor. Like, the doctor? I mean, the, the doctor. No. <laughs> I, you know, a- after sitting through Eccleston and um, two-thirds of Tenant now, mm-hmm. and you guys have, you know, y'all are somewhat familiar even just meme-wise with 11 and 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... This is not the doctor that we know and love. This is not the doctor we've mm-hmm. come to expect. Not at all. And um, everything that I was that I was reading about uh, about Hartnell's portrayal. It's almost like the protagonists are supposed to be Ian and Barbara because they are definitely the most protagonistic characters. <laughs> yeah, because like both the doctor and Susan are just incredibly flawed in my opinion. Meanwhile, Ian and Barbara are much more level-headed maybe and like and it seems like they are better fit for protagonists it was a setup this whole time is is fairly rash yeah throughout you know he's just like nope we gotta go like just all the time human life about to die in front of me he tried to kill me so we're leaving him yeah yeah ian is constantly like the compassionate one and everything Uh it's really really kind of interesting but uh, it's, it's, I thought it was funny. The the first that we saw of the doctor, he plays dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like what? She can't possibly fit in that box. Yeah, nothing can be in there. He plays it a little bit. Um, you know what it reminded me of? I, I, this is just dawning uh, dawning on me. The the professor in um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Remember how yeah. he had this maddening logic to him? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, oh, I see. And he's normally the one that tells the truth? Hmm? Is, that why you're, is that why you're believing what he has to say instead of the sister? Hmm? You know, he's, what are they teaching you children in school these days? You know, and he's just kind of this yeah. maddening British cold logic. Logic that doesn't make sense. You know, and, and he kind of is doing that. Where he's like, I don't have to answer any of your questions. I don't think I will. Good day. It reminds like, me. Like, you can go, oh, yes, please, please, go fetch a policeman, you know? He reminds me of Yoda for many ways. <laughs> this part especially, where he's playing dumb. Yes. And I, yes. Yoda's the same way. He's like, 
Jedi Master? I've not heard of them in forever. Hey, right. Even though he is term. the Jedi Master, then he goes over oh, here, oh, raids Luke's lunch or whatever, and starts beating our two teeth in the head. With a stick, yeah. He's, and he, and he's, oh, uh, a girl in a junkyard? This is preposterous. This makes no sense. It makes sense. And he actually even goes over and he's like tinkering with stuff in the junkyard. I know. Like, he's what just the like, world? Yeah, um, I, you you said that. I think I had to pause the episode because you said that, and I just started cracking mm-hmm. up. It's like, yeah, he's kind of like Yoda. You hate him. You hate uh-huh. him. I hate everything <laughs> about him. This first couple of minutes, More, just like I hate everything about Yoda. <laughs> later and later, you see year. how he's silly yet serious. Yeah, and also a jerk right. to a degree. Yoda is so. You have to be <laughs> trained, abandon your friends, or you'll turn to the dark side sort of stuff. Right. So Nobody so can love you. If we would say nine is jaded, right, and mm-hmm. cynical, yes. and ten is happy-go-lucky. Silly? I always hesitate to Child use the word like. silly for tenant because when you meet Child-like. Smith, you're going to say... David Tennant was the most serious actor I've ever known. Um, and he Matt is Smith serious is sometimes, silly. where he's just like he you know brutally drowning. A oh yeah, alien he can be kids. he can be intense, but then he can just be silly. Goofy. Oh, oh, I love a shop. Oh, they've got a little shop. I love a little shop. You know those kinds of things. Hartnell, I would say grumpy. <laughs> yes, he's just a grumpy old man. And and I don't like that. Nobody cares much. Why you. I didn't care much for um, Capaldi because he was kind of like grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah, I didn't like. I don't yeah, like. It wasn't my favorite. Art. And um, what's the new one? Whitaker. They gave Rose. Oh, a bad she's doctor. she's not grumpy at all. She's. They gave Rose a bad doctor. They gave Rose a bad doctor. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So he's he's a bit rude. He's a bit standoffish. Um, he's, he's not very, um, he doesn't seem to care much about, about earth or humans. Yeah. Um, even though he, he seems to be reluctantly living there just because his granddaughter uh, wants to. Yep. She's hopping around from time to time on earth and going to school. And and he's like, oh, you and your fascination with this earth planet, you know, and so. Everybody here is stupid and should die or whatever. Right. (laughs) And contrast that with, with later on where, um. She, uh, or where, excuse me, where he is like, you know, defender of planet Earth, you know, that kind of thing. So it is, it is kind of an interesting contrast. Yeah. And he's, he's, I think one of my favorite quotes is when he says to Ian, your arrogance is as great as your ignorance. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's no. That was a great. That was that was a pretty solid burn, there, doc, Doctor. What? I mean, I wouldn't say Ian is all that arrogant. And no, but in that moment, in you know, fact, he, he was being the a little Doctor bit is more arrogant. All like, oh, oh you humans are so stupid. Oh, you don't know what five dimensions are. <laughs> you're the science teacher here, right? That's and right. You're okay. supposed to be smart. And then making fun of him because of his ignorance, like. Your species have to evolve. Right, yeah. You're, y'all were like that at one point, you yeah, time he, lords. He doesn't have as much of Tennant's uh, fascination with, with human no. potential. Uh, as. Uh, and I'm wondering if that's going to be a pattern for old Who doctors, is just kind of like, 
yeah, humans are the stupid ones here, and I'm going <laughs> to take you under my wing because you don't know anything. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's throughout Classic Who, but definitely with Hartnell, it, it does seem yeah. to be uh, an ongoing thing because, like I said, I've watched a couple of the serials, and he's just grumpy. He's just yeah. a grumpy old man. Um, I did think it was funny that we we got our first Doctor Who reference out of the way. Yeah. We actually got our first two. Uh, because there's a point where Ian refers to the Doctor as Dr. Foreman because we hear him referred to as the Doctor and as Susan's grandfather. So as Susan Foreman's grandfather, it must be Dr. Dr. Foreman. Foreman. And the Doctor says... Is Susan Foreman just an Elias? Alias? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually. That's just just the name that... Because you said that the naming convention stuff like... The doctor right. and the master and the war doctor, the general, right. stuff like that. Well, now, so, boy, it's a little off topic, but there, I'm just becoming aware of the fact that there's a difference between Gallifreyans and Time Lords. That Time Lords are from the planet Gallifrey, but not all of the people of Gallifrey are Time Lords. Time Lord is more of a title than a species, apparently. Oh. Apparently, mm-hmm. if I've got this right, and again, or people are throwing their devices two across species the species or something. No, it's not, no, 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 because there there are certain Gallifreyans who are taken at a very young age for training to become Time Lords. Oh, yeah, right, um, or something. And like the Doctor that. was one of them. Like, yeah, maybe that's so maybe why Susan is with him. That's what I'm saying. Is and she Susan hasn't acquired a title yet. Mm-hmm. Right. She may be not. So quite her a name title. is just Susan. <laughs> yeah, she's not the foreman. <laughs> the foreman. <laughs> Wouldn't that have to be your name? Later? Wouldn't that have to be your title? Uh, Namer the foreman. No, Namer the grill. That's great. <laughs> yes, exactly. we'll call her. Uh, the grill. Non-stick grill. Um, so I, I did think it was interesting that that means that the first person to utter the phrase Doctor Who on Doctor Who is the Doctor. Is the doctor. Yeah. Um, and incidentally, by the way, um, throughout uh, Hartnell's run, I think, he is credited as Doctor Who, not the Doctor. And apparently that's something that throughout Classic Who, that went back and forth. That, that changed over, hmm. over the years and even a little bit in New Who. Uh, there's there's some some differentiation there, um, and then later on in the episode, or maybe not in the first episode, I don't I don't remember which. It, the doctor saying Doctor Who, who is he talking about, is in the first episode, and then at some point uh, in this first four episodes, Ian recognizes and and says Doctor Who, who is he? So we have you know we have one of the uh, companions throwing these that in there. episodes were surprisingly short, like. In the first episode, all oh, that yeah. happens is we meet some characters. They go to a junkyard. They find out about the TARDIS. Yeah. They go back in time. An ominous shadow stares at them. <laughs> and then it roll credits. Yeah, and like, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it over already? Did you Nothing like the nature happened. nature of the cliffhangers in the 60s? <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah. There's sure, a shadow. shadow. When, when oh, the music okay. came on, I looked at y'all because I knew it was coming, and y'all are like, "That's it!" Like, holy cow! It's so like short. thirty minutes They're longer. Like Twenty-five minute episodes. So yeah, that's that's all you got. Yeah. All right, so um, we do have a segment from Jared this week on the uh, Classic Who connections. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and let that rock and roll. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. 
It's Jared, and congratulations on doing your first Classic Who episode. I'm so excited that you're doing An Unearthly Child, and I was a little bit at a loss when I went to record because I thought, I don't need to give them anything. They're watching Classic Who, and so it's the first ever series, so there's really no backstory for me to give, but I thought that maybe I could just talk more about the show and about the doctor and give some context surrounding those things that maybe could help you understand more Classic Who, especially early Doctor Who episodes. So the show was supposed to be an educational program for children, and I know oftentimes you all have said, why is this considered a children's show? Why is it referred to as a children's show? Well, it started to be a children's show, and sometimes you can see it. The characters will land on a world, and they'll say things like, oh, we have plants here. That must mean they're using photosynthesis. And then a companion will say, photosynthesis? What's that? And they explain photosynthesis. So there was some educational things brought into the show, and that really was its roots. That was what it was sold to be as. Now, watching these early episodes is kind of like watching early TV theater. Uh, shows filmed in the 60s were kind of, they were different. They only used one take often. They didn't do multiple takes so that all the dialogue was perfect. And William Hartnell, the first doctor, he had an undiagnosed problem that affected his short-term memory and made remembering the lines very difficult. But because they didn't do retakes, you often had those flubs of the lines in there, so he actually made it into a character choice. And sometimes he would even flub lines intentionally to make sure that we knew that this was a character choice and not just something that they were letting slip by. And so this led to what Doctor Who fans called Hartnellisms or Billy Flubs for some reason. I'm guessing that's because his first name was William. Um, so one of the most famous Hartnellism is from the serial The Chase, and the doctor tells Ian and Barbara that they could end up as two cinders flying around in Spain instead of in space. So of course, this wasn't really something he could totally help, so it's not something that uh, is really held against him, at least these days. Uh, in fact, it's upheld as something that he really worked through and good for him to really carry his character even though he had this problem. Now we know that each actor brings different characteristics to the role of the doctor uh, throughout all the years, but this is obviously not the doctor that we know and love today. William Hartnell's doctor, the doctor we see, especially in The Unearthly Child, is not the doctor we know and love today. He's very hard, he's gruff, he's oftentimes seems uncaring. But his performance softens as he goes along and we start to see more and more of the usual doctor's characteristics. However, it's not really until Trofton comes along, and I think that's how you pronounce his last name, as the second doctor, that we see a lot more of the doctor that we know and love today, especially the playfulness. Hartnell can get lighthearted and playful, but that second doctor really brought out the playfulness of the character. And many actors since have said in interviews that they based their character of the Doctor not primarily from the first Doctor, but from Trofton's Doctor, the second Doctor. Many of these early episodes are lost 
because it was common practice to simply destroy old episodes because in the 60s and the 70s, the, the BBC didn't have space to store them or for some reason they lost the rights to show them in syndication or reruns. And so they just destroyed the, the tapes. They, they burned the cans. Whatever they did to them, they got rid of these episodes. And so 97 episodes were lost from the early years of the first and second Doctors. And many of those episodes have been reconstructed since through animation or finding the audio but not the video or enough footage that they found to piece together to make an episode. Uh, sometimes they find the scripts and so they make it out through animation and things. Uh, but if you're watching on BritBox, and I think you should be, uh, you'll see that they've simply left out a number of those lost episodes and you have to find them elsewhere. Uh, the one exception is that the first regeneration, so going between Hartnell and Trofton, the first and the second Doctor, they have an animated serial available for that, which is pretty obvious because they, they really needed at least that serial uh, to be there for people to watch if you're watching through to kind of get the continuity of that first regeneration. So. That's about all I have to share. Uh, so hopefully you loved An Unearthly Child, or if you didn't love it, you appreciated it, and it, it gives you a taste for wanting more classic Who. Um, it, it's great that it goes right on into the first introduction of the Daleks, and I'll stop talking about the Daleks right there, because I'm sure once we get there, there will be plenty to talk about once we, we watch that uh, second serial. And um, I just want to finish with saying that most of this came from my memory with a little bit of jogging from the TARDIS Wikia. Well, a bit of jogging may be an understatement. It was more like a marathon of jogging. So thank you, TARDIS.Wikia.com, and thank you to BritBox. I subscribed to BritBox when the Whovian asked me to add in the classic Who info, and I have loved it. Uh, so I also encourage you to sign up for at least their free trial. Can't hurt to do that. And be sure to use the Noobs and the Whovians affiliate code. So thanks again for including me, and I look forward to the next episode. All right, thanks, Jared. Um, I love the um, I love the Billy flubs. That's that's yeah, great. that's awesome. Um, fun stuff there. Um, the um, I did he 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 asked me to make a note that um, he didn't suggest the classic Who one-offs. That we're doing. Remember last yeah, time I said that was that was Jared. Uh, that was not Jared. Was uh, that Fred? Uh, it may have been Fred. Um, if it wasn't Fred, it may have been Dean. Um, There's a number of people that could have suggested. This. Yeah, there, we're there was, sorry we forget who you are. That's right. Several people emailed in during that time frame, and uh, one of them, uh, Dean, had uh, emailed in a while back and um, was happened to say something about I'll send in some thoughts about an unearthly child when you get there or when you get closer to that one and so I emailed him back this week and I was like hey we're you know we're going to be doing it this week we'd love to hear your thoughts on it I didn't hear back from him yet so chances are he just hasn't seen that email so Dean if you got some thoughts on that um, you want to send them in uh, go ahead and do that and we'll uh, we'll just throw them in for the listener input section for next week or whatnot um, but uh, I did think uh, the the classic connections this week of of Hartnell flubbing his lines all the time. And yeah, um, that's awesome. That's interesting, but to yeah, me... Yeah, you'll end up in Spain. Uh, yeah, yeah, floating <laughs> around in Spain. What? I, I, um, hang on. I thought the, the idea that 97 episodes 
of this groundbreaking television just got just deleted. Gone. Yeah. And and I here's just, the thing. I was seeing that on the thing on uh, BBC, not the TARDIS of IKEA. Right. Yeah. And it's like <clears throat> fully deleted stories, partially deleted. And I'm right. like, what does that mean? And you told me it means they're deleted. They're not in the BBC archives. And I'm like, right. okay, but there's still other places, right? Uh, no, apparently not. <laughs> so, so there's a couple of ways that some of these episodes have survived. So, uh, have all of them? There's no way that all 97 have managed to survive. Oh, not that we know mm. of. So there's there's a couple of things. First of all, you had um, over the years people have have scraped together bits and pieces of episodes. I was so, recording this on my phone. Uh, well, right. not There weren't phones phone. back then. Yeah. <laughs> but, For some reason, I had a camera recorder like, in my living room, and I just recorded the episode. Yeah, so oddly enough, there's, there's an episode, or, uh, a series called Marco Polo, which may be the third one. It may be the one right after the Daleks, um, but if it's not, it's the, it's the third or fourth. It's really early on. It's gone, and... There is um, on, I think, Vimeo or somewhere, I found a reconstruction video that someone had put together, and it is literally using set photographs. So, like, during filming of the episode, someone was there taking pictures, and for some reason, those pictures survived, and there is an audio recording of the episode that survived, and so they have stitched those together. So wow. it's like watching like a PowerPoint type of thing where it's like That's... a still frame picture of the doctor talking to a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, then you'll see, then it'll change to another picture later on, you know, things like that. It must uh, have been a lot of set photos for them to be able to stitch yeah. together the whole episode. Yeah, and it's not great. It's, it's kind of painful to watch, honestly. Yeah. Um, but... But stuff it's like, like that. It's like watching a presentation, except it's Doctor Who. It's, it's like watching it's black and white, and in actually, it was color photos. Oh, that was the funny thing. Yeah, yeah, it's color photos, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if they were colorized or if they were originally taken in color or what. But you have that. Uh, you have reconstructions that were done based off of again audio recordings that have survived, and then they've done Animations. animated versions, like animated Jared mentioned. Versions. Um, so like they'll just like make up what they think it would look like yeah. based off of yeah. yeah and there are dedicated people out there that are like you know I saw that episode and this is what it was like you know that kind we of thing we should do this and there are we need to revive the episodes every, we have not seen <laughs> every now and then there will be a big news story that will break they found some episodes and like for example there was there was uh, so the way it would work back then is they would create a bunch of prints of the film and send them around to different stations, right? Mm-hmm. And there were some that, like like Jared mentioned, legally they had to be destroyed when they were done. The BBC said, you can't just keep this. You know, you got to destroy it when you're done or whatever. And then there were others that just got neglected or whatever. But like, I don't know. I remember hearing recently about somewhere in like South America, oh a bunch of old BBC stuff got found. Holy crap, I just felt like 20 old Doctor Who episodes yeah. buried in the earth. It was, no, no, no. It was like in some random room in an abandoned old uh, you know, broadcast studio or something. What was and, this? Some YouTube what? video where kids were exploring and no, abandoned? I, I don't remember. 3 a.m. I don't remember the whole story and everything, but again, 
what you end up with is people just finding episodes every now and then. And every, so every now and then there'll be a stir, right? Like, <gasps> oh my gosh, we found one, you know? And uh, then it's a matter of, well, what condition is it in? Is it watchable? Has has the film broken down or is it still viewable? You know, and all these kinds of things. So, you can't um, half watch it. Because they weren't done on, right. they weren't done on like CDs or anything that we CDs have now. CDs didn't exist. This was yeah. all on film. Yeah. So these were, um, when Jared said, you know, they burned the cans. They're talking about literal tin cans that the of, film rolls. Of film. Were, yeah, that the film reels were in. Uh, so it's it's really interesting that over it's the years. It's still sad that it's like, well, we can't use this again. I guess we better burn it. Because they never thought, well, people will be able to rewatch these at some point in the future if we save them. Right. Oh, so, okay. So that reminds me. Um, what I was getting ready to say was the idea of a rerun was unheard of yeah. for the first several decades of television. And so that, that brings me back to something that I forgot to mention you, earlier. You either watch it now or you never watch it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's Yeah. Um, remember I said that the first episode premiered to 4.4 million viewers and yeah. then to 6 million viewers? The reason for that was that there um, there's conflicting stories, but when the first episode was first aired, it had 4.4 million viewers, which was considered not great, and they were like, yeah, even for back then, even for back then, like, it was, I don't know about this show, guys. You know, hey there, Charity and uh, you know uh, Hussein, I don't know, guys. This this wasn't great turnout and they said play it again <laughs> yeah they literally did um there's a there's an old story that um president kennedy was assassinated that either that day or that week and that there was so much press coverage about it that people were watching that instead of other shows <laughs> doctor um, who that's kind of been debunked a little bit but apparently there were a bunch of power outages at the time oh. and so charity lambert um basically just stayed on them and said, you've got to just, Here's you've got all to show the reasons again. why you should show it again. Right. So they showed it again, and it got 6 million viewers. And part of it was because the people who saw it talked about it and told their friends, like, you've got to watch Dude, this Dude, this show. is so amazing. Yeah. Especially for the 60s. That so was, like, top-quality stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So think about from 4.4 to 6 million viewers, that's almost a 50% increase. Uh, so all of a sudden it was like, oh, we have a successful show. And so that kind of saved the show. It almost didn't get a second episode, if wow. you can imagine. Yeah. So um, fun fun little fact there that I forgot to mention earlier. Um, so at any rate, um, let's talk about overall impressions, guys. Let's uh, just, just quickly, overall rating out of 10. Corbin, what are you going to give it? Um, again, I'm sure this is amazing when it was made, but... <laughs> I don't think it holds up as well, sure. especially as I would have expected. I thought it was, I mean, it was good. I'm, I'm not downplaying it's a good it, story. but people have such yeah. high praise for classic Who. Right, yeah. <clears throat> it kind of jaded, but, isn't it? <laughs> and especially for someone my age that's watching yeah. like Infinity War and being like, this is amazing <laughs> content right here. Right. This, this is, is a pretty big downgrade. Right. There's but, stuff on YouTube right now with better special yes, effects. Yes, but show. I'm going to base it off of story. Okay, all right. Not even characters, because I thought the characters are kind of bad as well. Agreed. Based on story, this was a seven or eight. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. seven all or right. eight um, time and relative dimensions in space. <laughs> Trip, what are you What are you thinking? 
Um, I think I do agree with Corbin. Like, I'm uh, going to base it off of um, story. Because, like, if they were to take this, redo it, and do it in color and better okay. graphics yeah. and, like, you know. CGI. Yeah. CGI and stuff. Add a dinosaur. Why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> Entirely Calm different type there, Lucas. <laughs> so, I think they need some more Jawas. <laughs> uh, so what's what's your score, Trip? Um, I think I think like a mm, like a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Uh, so as you guys know, I, I watched this before, and um, my first time watching it, I was like, "Huh, this is terrible." So. <laughs> this is how it all began, huh? Um, and and this this time watching it, I noticed something part of the way through the second episode. Here's what happened. I was enthralled by this tribal conflict happening where these people <laughs> were struggling to survive and they needed fire. And it relates to society. Huh? It relates to society. Well, no, no, not even that. Just, just caught up in the in the narrative of there's this guy and he's a leader, but the old leader didn't pass on the knowledge that he should have, and so now their people are are dying and maybe I don't think the survive. old leader ever had the knowledge. He was just lucky with his lightning strikes. It could have been, could have been. And then, and then you've got this other guy who's trying to take over as leader, and there's this conflict and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, I realized this is Doctor Who. Like, somewhere in a cave right now is a man who can travel through time and space in a police box. Uh -huh. But for the last ten minutes, I've we've been just been focused on people. I know. And I was like... So much of it was not focused on the Doctor. So much of it wasn't We don't wait until the end of the first episode. It, oh, yeah, but I mean, once they get back in time, once they get back to uh, the cavemen and everything... It's they, about the cavemen. Yeah, they hardly matter anymore. Exactly. And the and cavemen were the protagonists. They were pawns in the story, you mm -hmm. know? And what I thought was interesting was uh, I forgot for a little bit. It's and like, the first oh, time wait. I was watching it, I spent all of that time going, where's the doctor? When's he going to come in and save the day? And what's going to happen? And this time, because I knew what was going to happen, it was I was just less enjoying about the, the doctor. I was just enjoying the story. So again, let's rate it like Corbin has said on the basis of 1960s sci-fi. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight. I thought it was pretty good. I thought mm -hmm. it was it was a really decent episode of storytelling. Like Corbin said, if you rate it as a story, it was really good. It was yeah. pretty good. So again, not the not the doctor that we have come to know and love, not the special effects that we expect today, mm -hmm. but just as a story, you know, pretty good. I'm episode. glad that Jared did say that the doctor gets a bit kinder and more yeah. compassionate yeah. and then the second doctor is just all about that stuff right all right guys a little bit of uh, listener input not a ton this week um i did want to note that we just uh we just broke through the 3000 download mark um so uh we that's just another milestone for us so thank you guys for listening uh, we did have a new itunes review uh, just says that story show sent me, but I love it. And then of course Narthex. Yes. Because <laughs> because apparently that's a mandatory yes. punctuation at the end of a review for mm -hmm. our show. Honestly, yes. I think we've read this one before because there was Honestly. something very no. very similar. It's, it's a different one. It ended in Narthex. It, it was like I yep. came from that story show. Is I I double checked. This is a different one. Okay. Um, Wasn't so that, it a four star? That though? one was like Gator Boy, and this yeah, is it was Cat Gator Boy. So. 
Uh, Gator Boy and Galaxy Cat. And that's <laughs> uh, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, of stuff happening on on Facebook directly. Um, we we were getting some you know some likes and shares and things like that, but um, nothing in particular. And uh, no new emails other than just me and Jared talking about this and that. Um, so guys, uh, don't forget that you can um, email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com um, or message us uh, at facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian or um, you know like and comment on on the stuff there and, and we'll see those those comments there uh, as far as the game plan uh, we are moving on into series four uh, it's been a gonna... very long time since we've watched new who i know it's it's been a, a i mean a... the last one was before break yeah yeah we did no, uh, no, 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 it was before that because we had the christmas special before break so yeah yeah, and we did um, we did our time our timey wimey Christmas special uh, that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so at any rate, yeah, we're we're jumping into a um, a pretty fun series opener called Partners in Crime, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see a familiar face. Don't want to spoil it if you don't know what's coming. So we're gonna see some uh, see something new happening uh, that's also old. I don't know how to say that right. But you said there was the old man. Remember huh? that? The old I said man. there's the old man. That uh oh sure 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 um so at any rate you said it on the podcast I did say it on the podcast but everybody's forgotten about that since then because that was like a year and a half ago all right so um guys uh, well I mean it was last year we're gonna be (laughs) it literally was we're gonna be marching forward with uh, series four and doing some uh, special episodes along the way and we'll try and give you a heads up about um, our next timey wimey that'll be it's I think it's about two months away before we hit that next timey wimey Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll give you a heads up about what that'll be and how you can get a hold of it Um, until then guys noobs and the hoovian is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the inside your senior producer is me austin reason our audio engineer is that guy hey i'm trip and our production editor is this other guy it's i mean <laughs> <laughs> special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia and to jared for the awesome classic who connection segment uh, again you guys you can find us at facebook.com slash noobs and the hoovian email us at noobs and the hoovian at gmail.com by the way you can send us an email there or you can record yourself on your favorite recording app and just email us the mp3 and then we can uh, yeah. play that on the show if you like uh, make sure you subscribe. I mean, we're you... open for anything at this point. Yeah, man. Send us what you got. Uh, su- subscribe where wherever you found us. Leave us a rating wherever you found us. And share us with a friend. Until next time, guys. My name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie. And these are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the, the Noobs. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. Nice YouTube voice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my earbuds in for that one. Um... The battery. Fellow noobs and the Hoovians out there, uh, we have a special guest with us this week. It is Satan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I'm recording right now. I am Satan himself. Wow. Where's Trip? Did you eat him? Um. (laughs) I may not answer that question. I.